This is exactly right. go first on this one sure okay this i'm not going to read you the subject hi karen georgia and team love what you do let's get right into it i was listening to your recent episode about the silent twins and it reminded me of a hometown tale my mom recently shared with me she was a student in the early 70s in reading uk pronounced reading rather than reading as in books good thank you good to know Mom, Jane, was shy and sheltered, having moved over to England from a strict upbringing in rural Northern Ireland. Ooh, yikes. Her best friend, Juliet, was lively and super outgoing and was always dragging her along on crazy adventures. Ugh, we all need a Juliet in our lives, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Or were the Juliets. Or be the Juliet or find a Juliet. <laughs> That's right. And switch off. Right. One time, Juliet told mom about a charity pen pal scheme she was involved in, writing to and visiting hospital patients who had no remaining family or friends. They needed more volunteers, so my mom, more than happy to reach out to a lonely person in need, signed up. A few exchanges later, Mama and Juliet set off on the train for a day trip to visit their new pen pals at the hospital. Broadmoor Hospital, that Ooh, is. I know that one. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. It turned out that my lovely, innocent 19-year-old mom's new pen pal was, in fact, a patient at Broadmoor, <laughs> which wow. we all know is like one of the worst psychiatric hospitals in the UK. We've told many stories about people. And if I'm not mistaken, of course, I very well could be, but I'm pretty sure it's been there for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a psychiatric prison and a hospital as well. Yeah. If you know anything about Broadmoor Hospital and you want to write in and tell us about it, we'd love to read it on the mini-sode. We would love that, please. We'd love information. When she asked him what had happened to land him there, her pen pal explained it was a, quote, complete misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding for sure. And that heated argument with his girlfriend had ended in him, quote, accidentally hitting her and killing her. Oh, no. The weapon he used to, quote, accidentally hit the girlfriend on the head? An axe. No. Needless to say, when she went back home and told her parents about her charitable new venture, they were absolutely horrified. (laughs) Stay sexy and don't become pen pals with an axe murderer, Alice Kiss Kiss. I don't think you can get much out of that pen pal relationship. No. I don't know, though, but I don't think so. No. Like, you want to be charitable and everything, but there's got to be someone a little more, like, on the level that you can help. One would hope. Yeah. Someone you could have changed recipes with. I don't know. (laughs) You don't want people to suffer. You also don't want people to get pulled into pen pal relationships. That's parallel to the my story with my pen pal Donna from Iowa. <laughs> Remember that, that MFM animated about that? <laughs> I think it might be my favorite MFM animated. <laughs> uh, okay. Here's my first one. I'm not going to read you the subject line. So it starts, hi, a murder fam. Obligatory gush. Y'all are a comfort and kept me company through my divorce and this never ending pandemic. Okay. 
So when I was in my early 20s, I moved with three friends to Chile, the super skinny little country on the West Coast of South America. (laughs) Thank you. Yep. I had Chilean roommate after college and her visa was expiring and it was the height of the recession. So I thought, sure, what can I lose? Your 20s, am I right? I hardly heard of Chile And before I knew it, I was moving there. So a month into living in Santiago, my roommate and I wanted to get a better sense for the culture and explore the area. We stood out like sore thumbs as we're about a foot taller than most Chileans. And these two dudes gravitated toward us, introduced themselves and sat down for drinks. They were young, cute, and we had no friends and nowhere to be. One of the guys said he knew a place where we could get more drinks. You guys, it was his parents' medical office. (laughs) They were doctors. And he had a key to their office. All right. That's adventurous. Juliet would be on board with that. Hell yeah. We stumble toward this office. He lets us in and we drink and dance around exam tables and filing cabinets. (laughs) Absolutely. This is your 20s boiled down. My roommate and I say we have to go and stumble home drunk off Pisco Sours around 2 a.m. Around 3 a.m., I wake up to swaying, and I thought the world was spinning, and it was. We lived on the 10th floor of an apartment building, and there was an 8.8 earthquake. That's huge, everyone. It's huge. It's huge. Holy shit. 8.8. That's like top of the pops. (laughs) What was the 94 LA earthquake? Six point seven. Something like that. It was between six and seven. Yeah. This was an 8.8. Okay. Oh, my God. The whole building shook. As a native Californian, I got my bearings and recognized that it was an earthquake. I looked around to see if anything would fall on me and then promptly fell back asleep. What? No. (laughs) She's like, anything hanging over this bed? Any chandeliers? Okay. Nighty night. When I woke up at the leisurely hour of 9.30 a.m., I noticed our refrigerator was halfway across the kitchen and my lights didn't work. I checked my micro cell phone and noticed about a dozen missed calls. My Chilean friend had called to check on us and the U.S. Embassy called about six times. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Back at home, everyone's like freaking the fuck out, right? Freaking the fuck out. And I love that, that instead of them being like stuck somewhere trying to call the embassy, the embassy's calling them. (laughs) And they're just like, well, we were kind of drunk, so... Apparently, my mom heard the news and was blowing them up. They told me to please call my mother so she would stop calling them. Oh, my God. We later discovered the deadbolt to our front door had jammed and we were stuck in our apartment. Hmm. But all in all, we were fine. Oh, and those guys, we never chilled with them at the doctor's office again. (laughs) Stay sexy and call your mom back. Lauren, she, her. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds terrifying. They're so lucky that nothing happened. I know. The 10th floor. Like, you don't want to. But I think that's also the true magic of your 20s, where, like, if you get drunk enough, an 8.8 earthquake won't impact you that badly. No. You still need your beauty sleep. Yeah. And you're just going to be like, sorry, I'm just filled with Pisco or whatever. (laughs) Got to sleep it off. That's a good one. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay, this is a sad one. Okay. It's called Driving on Frozen Lakes. Hi, all. Right into it. This is fascinating to me because it's something I never thought about because I live in California, but here it is. Okay. Right into it. I live in Minnesota and grew up in a neighborhood on Lake Minnetonka. Every winter when the lake freezes over with enough ice, locals plow roads on the lake so people can more easily drive across it. Mm. People drive on the ice for all sorts of reasons, like setting up their ice fishing houses, getting from one end of the lake to the other, or for fun. I remember driving on the lake all the time from my childhood, well into my teens. We had two rules for driving on the lake. Always unbuckle your seatbelt and roll down the windows in case you need to get out. So like in case the fucking ice breaks underneath you, like take the long way. Take the long way. And yet it must make it really fun when you do it because you're like truly playing with fire. The opposite of fire. Frozen water. (laughs) Back in January of 2003, two high school students from the area, Jacqueline and Evan, were driving on the lake and their car went through the thin ice not too far from the shore. Mm. Evan drowned in the car, but Jacqueline was able to get out of the water onto the ice. It was reported that she walked about 100 yards from the spot their car went through and crawled another 50 yards across the ice. Mm. She ended up dying of hypothermia on the ice near enough to be spotted the next morning by residents. Ugh. You fucking... Ugh. Horrible. I was in second grade when this happened and I remember my mom talking about it because she worked as a lunch lady at the high school at the time. 
However, this apparently didn't convince my parents to change their ways because they taught me how to drive a car on the frozen lake when I was 15. Thanks for reading, S. (laughs) That's it. There was like those urban legends that you hear about of like the older high school kids who were out driving, you know what I mean? And like, but then you wouldn't drive on the ice, but people still do. It's crazy. Or I wonder if it's like seasonal where in the middle of the winter, you absolutely can drive on the ice because it's so thick and that it's just impossible happening. But like as it thaws, the risk gets higher and higher. Yeah, you never know year to year when that will be. Oh, it's still, it's just so sad and sudden. And it is that thing where like when kids die of like terrible accidents in high school, it just, everybody is affected by that. Like everybody, that's everyone's first big serving of like, oh, this could happen to you. Tragedy. Totally. Totally. Horrible. So sad. Okay. I'm not going to read you the subject line. It just starts friends. I have been waiting to write in for years about a few great stories I learned from family members that I harassed at holidays. And then in parentheses, it says, per your asking. But I'm a writer who happens to be a perfectionist and I procrastinate. So you'll have to wait even longer for those. Sorry. (laughs) I've never related to an opening paragraph more in my life. But for now, I do have a story for you. I was headed to work yesterday, late, of course, and taking the exact route I always take. I approached an intersection where a bunch of road close signs were posted and a worker was moving traffic around. At first, I was furious because although in Michigan we fix our roads every fucking day, this was not a planned construction site. I rolled my window down to ask this worker what was going on, and he simply replied, about an hour ago, a woman was driving through the intersection and a huge sinkhole caved in right behind her. Holy shit. She called and reported it to the police, and we're here to fix it. My response seriously blew his mind, and I don't know why, because it seemed to be a normal response to me. Are you kidding me? That could have been me. Damn it. (laughs) He looked at me and said, are you mad? And I simply responded, I'm a murderino. You wouldn't understand. (laughs) I drove away thinking about how badly I wanted to be the one to witness that, survive it, and get to call the cops reporting a sinkhole. And then immediately my head went to tell Karen and Georgia. Thanks for all your smiles, laughs, tears, and reminders that I'm not totally fucking weird for have loving all these types of things you share since I was a child. You truly make me feel so much less weird knowing I'm not alone. SSDGM bitches, Sarah, Bob, she, her. You did it. You did it though. Like you didn't even have to be there and you just wrote a great email. And so you did. You it. nailed it. And it was like, it was an email kind of about a missed opportunity, but more importantly about your feelings, which we support yeah. and yeah. encourage. That's how easy it is, everyone. Write your stories in because they really truly don't have to be about anything. Yeah, for real. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's 
that's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. My last one's called Not Fair, which is trademarked. <laughs> Youngest sibling stories. Okay, you ready for this? I think you're going to like it. Okay. Y'all, but especially Blossom. I just finished listening to Minnesota 347 about the youngest child sliding out of a roller coaster seat when I knew I had to sit down, put off all my tasks and spin you a yarn. I was the youngest of four girls. All of my sisters were tomboys. And while they were all two years apart from each other, perfect sibling age, I was four years apart from my next older sister. We've talked about this many times. Mm -hmm. It sucks. This combined with all the usual sibling dynamics meant I had to stay at home and play Barbies by myself while my sisters went out to play on the canal and catch tadpoles and garter snakes with the neighborhood boys. Did I want to reach my hands into muddy waters trying to catch slimy, squirming amphibians? No, I was the family's token girly girl and wanted to play princesses in my fairy costume. But as any youngest sibling knows, if you want to be included and you so desperately want to be included, you do whatever boring big kid activities your siblings are doing, even if that means participating in things you as a tiny six-year-old are neither interested in nor equipped for. Can I just say... When my cousin Stevie, who was, I think, five or six years older than me, started doing wrestling, I think he was in junior high, so I was six or seven, that meant I started doing wrestling. (laughs) Karen, you could have been a professional fucking wrestler. Killer Karen. Like, I just remember having to, like, be on my hands and knees while he was, like, doing the thing where he has one arm next to mine, and he's like, already, I'm going to count you in, and then whatever, and then get ready, we're going to... Oh, you're talking about, like, wrestling, wrestling. Wrestling, like, grappling, wrestling. Fuck. So a little six-year-old, And then he would just pick us up and slam us onto the ground. (laughs) Anyway, I just relate. That's cute. I like that. I didn't. (laughs) This milieu of injustice came to a head one summer day when my sisters announced they were going to the canal to catch tadpoles and I wasn't invited. Mm. I whined and begged and even petitioned my mom to make them take me with them, but to no avail. So they left with their nets and Tupperware and my mom did what moms in the 90s did best and took a nap. (laughs) Alone with my six-year-old rage and no supervision, I thought, wait a minute. They're just walking down the street, which means I could walk down the street. And if I'm big enough to get there by myself, surely I'm big enough to catch tadpoles with the big kids. A foolproof plan, to be sure. So I walked down the road to the canal where we usually played, but my sisters were nowhere to be found. However, there was another group of kids playing in the water, so I didn't mind. Where were the parents, you ask? Oh, there were parents present, but none of them seemed to notice or mind a rogue solo six-year-old who showed up out of nowhere playing with their kids. All the 90s. Back at the house, my mom had woken up from her nap when my sisters had come home with their haul of slimy things, only to realize I was nowhere to be found. Turns out my sisters honestly had my best interest in mind and didn't want me going with them because the canal they actually went to was bigger, faster, deeper, and further away. 
Now, any mom would flip if they woke up from a nap and their six-year-old was gone, but my mom was extra. My mom was the person who got me into true crime on accident by telling me stories all my life of children being kidnapped and murdered, something she was extra sensitive about because when she was little, her cousin, Debbie Kent, was taken from her high school by a handsome stranger in a yellow bug and Uh. never seen again. She was a little girl right before the Fort Lauderdale sorority house. Oh, my God. God, that's her cousin. And so one of her four or five little girls goes missing. She loses her fucking mind. Of course, as well. She should wild. So needless to say, when her baby seemed to vanish into thin air, she freaked the fuck out. I don't know how they found me. Maybe they remembered how badly I'd wanted to go with the big kids and check the canal. Maybe one of the other parents did notice the random six-year-old and started asking around. Either way, no one told me. All I knew is one minute I was having a blast, finally playing with kids my own age. The next minute I looked up to see my mom shaking, fists balled up, red face saying, you get out of there and come with me this instant. In that low, scary mom voice they use when they're too angry to yell. It's, that's, it's next level. It's so scary. My mom would do it with her teeth clenched, so she would talk through her clenched. Oh, my God. It was terrifying. <laughs> this was over 20 years ago, so I don't remember what my punishment was, but I do remember I learned not to go wandering down the road alone. And if your mom says you can't go play with the other kids, maybe there's a reason Thanks for all you do and the community you've created. Stay sexy and maybe ask questions before going rogue, especially (laughs) if you still need a car seat. Ren, she, her. (laughs) There's like a really hilarious account on TikTok. Someone named Ellie Collins does this bit. She does duets with babies getting in trouble and she shows up as the baby lawyer and she's like, don't say anything. And then it's like the the mom saying to the baby, like, did you play with the makeup? And the baby has makeup all over their face. And then, and then of course, the baby's going like, no, I didn't. And then the mom asks again. And the, the lady lawyer's like, asked and answered. Don't answer that. Whatever. Pretending she's coaching the baby. <laughs> oh, my God. That's brilliant. It's that's so brilliant. brilliant duet. I like that. Okay. Here's my last one. It says trash mom story. A trash mom story for once. Ooh, I love it. A bit long, but so very worth it. It says, hello, darlings, longtime listener, first time writer. Recently, I've been loving all the trash dad stories that people have shared, and I felt compelled to tell you one of the tales of my trash mom from the 90s. Between the statute of limitations probably running out and the fact that she died two years ago, it makes it finally okay to share these with the world. (laughs) Anywho, back in the late 90s, my mom stayed home all day to care for my little brother before he was old enough to start school. During the day while my older brother and I were at school, we assumed that she was spending most of her time on AOL or playing solitaire on the computer that we had in our dining room. (laughs) That sounds great. That's just what kids assume moms do (laughs) all day. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not here, I I turn off like a robot and just wait for you to return. Okay. One day we came home from school and mom had informed us that she had won a brand new patio set from an online contest from Better Homes and Gardens. How fucking great, right? Well, this continued to happen over and over for probably about a year. We had a high top four seater table with chairs and an umbrella, a six top outdoor dining table with chairs and an umbrella, the matching love seat swing set and a full on swing set with a tree house and a slide play set thing for my little brother. Damn. At this point, my stepdad began 
began questioning how many damn contests one person could win. It was happening so often that he was getting irritated at being given very few details and only ever being told that she would just spend her days filling out surveys and winning contests from Better Homes and Gardens website. Eventually, she won a... Eventually, she won a riding lawnmower, and we really didn't have any more space in our yard for more patio sets, so no more prizes showed up after that. My older brother and I found it to be pretty suspicious as well, but who were we to ask questions? Maybe she was just buying them on a credit card that my stepdad didn't know about, and it would all blow up in her face later. Years went on, and I continued to ask her about all the patio furniture because it was all pretty good stuff, and it remained with us through several moves. By the time I was about 21 years old, I was telling all of this to a friend of mine, and he demanded that I ask her again how the fuck she got all this shit for free. I said that she probably wouldn't tell me, but that I'd try. Later that night after work, I called her up and begged for her to spill the beans on what she was doing to quote unquote win all these contests. Mm -hmm. Like there's no fucking way anyone is that lucky. And I was right. It turns out my mom would pack up my little brother and then go down the road and pick up her friend's kids, also a toddler and too young to be in school aged, and they'd make a trip to the local megastore to do the weekly grocery shopping. My mom would fill up the cart and get everything we'd need and then check out through the garden section, as this area usually had shorter lines. And then as she was exiting the garden center, she'd poke and prod all the boys and get them all riled up. So now this woman all of five foot two, maybe 130 pounds, is trying to push a heavy ass shopping cart filled to the top with food and manage three rambunctious little assholes who are running around and yelling and being generally chaotic. She goes over to the employee at the gate and says that she purchased fill in the name of the patio set here and that she was told to just come up to the front and someone would help her get it loaded into the truck. They'd ask to see the receipt and she'd be shuffling around for it. But then the kids got worse and she'd have to stop what she was doing to go manage them some more. Meanwhile, the person had already called over the employees in the back to get this shit loaded into the truck. Oh my God. So she's still scrambling. And then by that time, they're done loading everything in. And the employee who asked her for the receipt gets the, oh, I already showed it to the other guy. I hope that's okay line. And then everyone seems satisfied. Oh my God. (laughs) She gets the kids loaded into the truck and quickly leaves this bitch was straight up stealing whole ass patio sets swing sets riding motherfucking lawnmowers the absolute madness of it all we're all really shocked at how many times this actually worked for her she said she did need to cycle through multiple different locations and times of day so that she didn't get caught and she never did what the fuck I think eventually she told my stepdad what she was doing and that's why it stopped or, you know, that you only need so much fucking outdoor furniture because it becomes ridiculous. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the story. My mom and I rarely got along, but when I need a good memory of her, this is usually my go-to tale. Stay sexy and always remember to borrow someone else's kids when you're going to commit grand larceny. Chelsea. Your mom was a klepto. But of like classy stuff, but still. I wonder if the first time it happened, the real thing happened. Right. And she realized that they loaded it in without her being charged for it. that easy. And then she was like, oh my God, I could have anything in this area that I want. Oh my God. I thought mom was at home on AOL playing solitaire. No, (laughs) she's committing grand theft 
larceny. That's amazing. <laughs> she stole a riding lawnmower. <laughs> it's got to be like a couple grand, right? I don't know how much oh, lawnmowers yeah. are. Oh, yeah. Those things are like nine grand. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Uh, well, thank you for sending in your trash mom story. Please send us your trash parent story. It's kind of funny. The trash mom stories have a different feel. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, shit. She's going for it's it. It's like diabolical a little it bit. It is. I like it. All right, Mimi. You done? Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Alejandra Keck. Our editor is Aristotle Acevedo. This episode was mixed by Liana Squalachi. Email your hometowns to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at My Favorite Murder and on Twitter at My Fave Murder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.